0: Hi, and welcome to the Fem Factor Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Laura and Dr. Nicole.
1: This is a place for women just like you desiring to learn, be inspired and find community. We'll be discussing everything from health, longevity and aging to mindset, high performance and cycle syncing to intuition and healing physically, emotionally and spiritually.
0: All from a lens that is based both upon the latest health research and feminine energetics. Blending equal parts scientific evidence and inner wisdom, we invite you to elevate your biology, empower your intuition, and embody your magic. Welcome back to the Fem
1: Factor Podcast. I just want to say Laura and I are so excited to have our next guest. Her name is Tracy O'Malley, she's a leadership expert and an expert in the Enneagram and for those who of you who might know Laura and I for a while, we are both Enneagram 7s and we just are so we have learned so much from Tracy through this tool and through working with her and we before we even started the podcast, we knew we just had to have Tracy on as a guest and so Tracy welcome 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 we are so thankful and we are so excited to have you here
2: I'm so honored to be here and it's so fun to watch like I've known you both like three years now I think it was beginning in 2020 when I met you and to watch you evolve in understanding yourselves at an even deeper level makes my heart so happy so I'm super honored to be here
0: uh, that was the first time I had ever even heard of the Enneagram. Was actually when you came into the Powerhouse Women Mastermind, uh, and for me that was a really it's it's a cool experience looking back because I was in such like a terrible personal state in my life that we ended up Enneagramming me incorrectly, uh, and I, I remember listening and I'm like that resonates, but I feel like that's not how it's supposed to be, and then you helped me see what my actual Enneagram is, and it was kind of like oh, well, that makes a lot more sense. And of course, Nicole and I tend to just track across every personality assessment between Enneagram sevens, three, five manifesting generator, Gemini. Wow. That's why we're here.
2: I love it. I'm a manifesting generator too. So this like, oh, is
0: going to be a great conversation, yeah. right? Hold on to
2: your hats. Yeah. I'm a five one though. So it's a little different just
0: like you two are very different kind of sevens. So which that's a good starting point. I so before we hit record, for those of you listening, uh, Tracy told Nicole and I you guys are the same enneagram, but you have one big difference. And of course, because we're very curious humans, we selfishly are going to use this podcast now to find out what yeah. that difference is.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, like with the enneagram, and and I know you guys are woo, and so am I. And and you know you can go down the rabbit hole of what the enneagram is. I'm not gonna like explain ancient history to you or anything like that. Cause I'm a, what's in it for me kind of girl. And I know you guys are too. So how I love to explain the Enneagram is basically, and I know you both are on board with this, with the work you do in a beautiful world, we operate from our intuition and our body and our nervous system, right? Like that would be great if we just honored that all the time, but we've all experienced things, families, traumas, experiences, birth order, Um, Just all sorts of crap that have us bypass out of that, sometimes really quickly, sometimes for others a little slower, right? And when we default out of our intuition and our nervous system, we default to parts of our personality, coping mechanisms, behaviors, stuff like that. And (laughs) what I like to say about the Enneagram is, is wherever we default to, like there's some beautiful superpowers and divine wiring for us. But more often than not, we use these parts of our personalities to protect ourselves, to find significance, to have certainty. And what the Enneagram gave me was permission, number one, to be exactly who I was always designed to be, right? To understand that my superpowers are my superpowers only when I'm coming from love, compassion, empathy, service, grace, and fun. And those same superpowers can become my kryptonite and the wrecking ball in my life when it's coming from fear, insecurity, unworthiness, shame, guilt, and ego. And so the good news for all of you is, is you don't have to change a damn thing about who you are. And this can give you full bodied permission to be who you are, but you are responsible for the come from, right? And that being said, this is also just a tool, right? And tools are only as good as the intent behind them. Um, and, and, um, you know, the heart behind it too. Like if you think about other tools, whether it's Enneagram, human design, a chainsaw, the Bible, all of those are tools. And we've all seen all those things put into the wrong hands with the wrong intent and they do a lot of damage. So what I love to say about the Enneagram is it's just a tool, but it can move mountains. It can do beautiful, beautiful things like it has for both of you. When it is in the right hands with the right intent behind it. So that being said, you know, the Enneagram is like this beautiful, beautiful combination of like nature and nurture colliding. We have this divine wiring, we have this divine soul blueprint, right? And then we are dropped into family circumstances, situations, experiences, and traumas that alter the expression of that from time to time. And although a lot of the online assessments, like the ones you guys originally took, um, are inaccurate 65 to 70% of the time. And so oftentimes, like if we're going to use this as a tool, having the right information is really, really important. Um, So that being said, you guys are accurately typed as sevens today. But where this gets a little bit different for both of you is um, we have these things called instincts. And this is why a lot of times when we take an online assessment, even paid ones, they're inaccurate because it can't... AI is great, but it can't take into consideration, some of the experiences you've had. And, you know, the assessment that I use now hits you at every different angle, a million different ways to kind of get you right. And so there's three instincts within the Enneagram. We, and we use all three, but one usually dominates. One's kind of a secondary, and then one's more repressed and we have self-preservation. So the self-preservation is fight flight, fight or flight safety, security, and comfort. And you can see, like, if you are a self-preservation type, how that uh, reflects and how your core Enneagram type gets expressed can change, right? Uh, We have the one-on-one instinct, which is like interpersonal intensity of an experience. You know, that's really good for communication and community and close connection and bonds. And then we have the social instinct, which is like, where do we fit in, in this world? Um, Humanitarian stuff. All three we use, all three are really important. And the more well-rounded we are, the more we can toggle between all three and flow pretty elegantly. But usually there's one that dominates based on the things you've been through in life. And Nicole, you are a self-preservation seven, which makes a lot of sense. Right. Knowing your background, your history makes a lot of sense. Like it was safety, security, comfort, like, holy crap. Right. And when you're a self-preservation seven, it does look different than Dr. Laura. You know, we got two doctors here, two sevens, totally different in some ways. So when you Nicole, as a seven self-preservation, you kind of are not as outwardly as, and as entrenched with people initially. You have the ability to go there, but your first thing is how's is this going to affect me when things happen good or indifferent? Your first thought is how's is this going to affect me? How does this apply to me? Right. And you, Laura are a one-on-one type, which is what I am too. I'm a one-on-one type. So when an Enneagram seven, one-on-one type has an experience, you immediately think, how's this going to affect us? Like my, my close people, the people I work with, you know, and I know the work you do as a doctor, it is very like enmeshed with people in a healthy way. And same thing with me. Like if you have a self-preservation eight next to a, a one-on-one eight, like I am looks totally different. Now, the other area, you're a little bit different just slightly. And this is really cool because you both fall into the thinking center of intelligence. So when we default out of the intuition in our nervous system and our body, wherever your core Enneagram type is the center of intelligence you operate in first. So you're both in the thinking center, right? That's where you go first. Well, obviously, the two other centers of intelligence where three different types reside in each of those, you do use your instincts and your body, right? You do use your heart and your feeling, but where you two default to first is the thinking center, which is where certainty lies, which is where when things happen, you automatically think forward, right? You're forward thinkers, you're visionaries as sevens, but your first thought is what could happen? when anything happens, like you immediately think to the future. It's what makes you great visionaries, but it also makes you not present in your moment (laughs) and and anxious anxious. and anxious. If you're not careful, right. (laughs) Really good uh, for visionary stuff. Now you do use the instinctual center, which is where I fall. Right. And those people, when things happen, my first thought is what is happening now? That's where I go first before I get to what could happen or what has happened. And that's what makes me really great in, a crisis. Cause I'm like very like triage focused. I'm like, boom, what is happening right now? I can, I can stay present in a moment pretty quickly, but I don't always like, I don't think far enough ahead. Sometimes it gets my ass in trouble. Same thing with not looking at the evidence from the past where that didn't work out so well last time. And you're doing the same thing over and over expecting a different result. That's where like for the instinctual center, we can get into trouble. And then for the feeling center, the heart center, those people go to what has happened first. Like they, they go to the, um, the truth serum, the, the bank of experiences. And a lot of times they'll build a case against themselves, right? They'll go into shame and like, well, that was terrible last time. They thought I was this last time, but where they're really good is not repeating bad patterns. Cause they do go to that first. And so we do use all three centers, but where you two dominate first and always will first is where that seven lives. Now, where you're both different is where you operate in the feeling center. So we do dominate in a type in the other centers and you both have the eight in the instinctual center, not even remotely surprised by that. So when you're operating in the, what is happening now you operate like an eight, right? You're, you're very direct. You're very unafraid. You don't resist conflict too much for the most part, Laura, you might a little bit more than Nicole, right? And same. And same, and then where you're different though, is in the feeling center and how you guys operate when it comes to what has happened, right? Mm-hmm. Laura, you dominate like a two, which I think is what you were originally typed as in one yeah. of those assessments, right? Yeah, I do too. I dominate like a two. I thought for sure i would be a three in that center. Not so much. Um, so I operate like a two might when I look at what has happened is where we can be a little codependent if we're not careful or, or, or over givers but it also makes us super compassionate as well. Right. And Nicole, you dominate like a four. You dominate like a four, which is the individualist, which is the intense creative. Um, And so this is called our tri-type. This is something I may have talked with you, Laura, because you've done work with me more recently. Nicole, I don't think we even touched on this back three years ago when we were doing some deep work together. So the combination of these three types is called our tri-type. And this is is when we are operating in emotional intelligence and when we're strong, critical thinkers, because we do need to think about what is happening now. We do need to think forward and we do need to look at, you know, connect the dots a little bit. And when we can flow through the three centers, we operate in our tri-type, which gives us a whole different kind of archetype. And even though you're both enthusiastic visionaries, Enneagram sevens, one of you is a self-preservation, one of you is a one-on-one, but when we combine your tri types, Laura, you're a seven, two, eight, Nicole, you're a seven, four, eight, and the seven, two, eight combination, whether you're a seven, a two, or an eight with that same combination, Laura, you're called the free spirit and Nicole, you're called the messenger. Isn't that cool? Do you want to know what it means? Do you want to know what it means? Of, yes, of course. <laughs> okay, good. So, Nicole, you as the messenger, and I am raising a 748 combo too. My daughter is also, she's a one on one, seven like Laura, but she's the 748 combo as well. The messenger is intuitive, innovative, and protective. You want to be original, creative, and straightforward, a cutting edge tracker of both your internal and external worlds. You're an unconventional, Passionate and self-possessed master of solutions. Outwardly, you're confident with a sense of panache, but inwardly, you're emotionally vulnerable.
1: Mm, that no, is totally no. none you. of that. None of that, <laughs> no, right? <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about.
2: I know There's someone this behind is... <laughs> me. I know this is why I see into people's souls, right? And you, Ooh, Laura.
0: Oh God, I'm nervous though.
2: I know a free nervous. spirit. Because I met you. I met you in Lindsay's mastermind. Um, <laughs> Two of my closest friends have the same tri type as you. The 728 combo is called the free spirit. And the free spirit is caring, innovative and protective. You want to be helpful, loving and straightforward. You're assertive, funny and outgoing and you like to use your charming and sunny disposition to create an upbeat, positive and action-packed environment. You're also very nurturing to those in your circle of care. Like that doesn't nail both of you. I don't know right? what the hell I'm doing then. Seriously. It's perfectly you guys, right? Literally to a T Uh, that's where you're a little bit different. You're motivated. Very similarly. You fear very similarly when you're in triage a little bit different. And when you move and critically think and use your full scope of emotional intelligence, you're just very different a little bit.
0: Cool. Right. So cool. There's there's a couple of things I want to pull out of that conversation. And, and the first is the importance of doing these assessments the right way. Because I think if I just went online and Googled, like, find me yeah. an Enneagram quiz, I, I don't think I would have gotten all that information and kind of probably would have been like, it kind of sounds like me, not really. But when you go deeply like that... And, yeah that's literally how i operate in life and that that piece around intention with these tools is so important i sometimes will hear that in some of the circles i'm in when people will say oh well i do this because i'm an enneagram blank and they kind of use it to define maybe not super healthy behaviors which i don't feel is the the purpose of this tool no. for for me something i have found the absolute most valuable insight from it is to I don't know if to catch myself is the right phrase, but to, to kind of bring myself back to that present moment when I'm going in one direction or the other too far, because I find if I'm going too far back and dwelling on things in the past, I definitely do tend to feel and act a little codependent and almost mm-hmm. drop too far into the Enneagram 2 and the, the self, self-sacrificing self version of it that's not yeah. not the healthy happy nurturer that we think of. And if I'm focusing too much in the future, I'm completely anxious and missing, missing that pull to be in the present. And I find I'm not happy. I'm not joyful. I'm not having fun. So to me, I've used the Enneagram as kind of clues of, okay, well, why, why am I not feeling, you know, joy in my day-to-day life? Okay. I need to go do something fun in an environment that makes me happy and kind of come back to who I am. I actually just did that. I went up hiking in Flagstaff for a couple of days mm-hmm. because I was starting to catch myself in that pattern. So using the tool that way has just helped me be a much more present person who's in tune with, with how I, how I, uh, how I operate when I am at my best, my best self. Yeah.
2: It's kind of like when you run blood work for somebody, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a tool to give you information and awareness of what's going on. Like, I know that you strongly believe this, like the blood work, isn't the end all be all it's just gathering information. And let's say it comes out with like, you know, I have Lyme disease, right? Like that's not going anywhere anytime soon. I am not going to be crippled by that. I am not going to live my life like a victim to that. However, there are things I need to be aware of having that in my, my blood work and, and the history that I have. Same thing in the Enneagram language. You guys are prone to avoidance and bypassing and, and all of that. It doesn't like, I love that you said, you don't want to necessarily call it catching yourself. Cause it, that kind of has a negative connotation to it, but this is something that you're always going to have to be aware of. You have a tendency to operate like this. It isn't, I am this, I am that it's like, I have a tendency, It's like, I have a tendency that I have to watch my output. Cause I can come out of remission. And if I come out of remission, this could happen as an Enneagram eight. I have a tendency to be overly direct, a little intense, very guarded. Right. And when that happens, like I know, like my biggest fear is being nicked or I'm, you know, and for each Enneagram type, we have a core motive and a core fear. And when we catch ourselves, or we find ourselves aware of a behavior, a pattern, a thought that isn't our best self right. Or that keeps us stuck or sabotaging or whatever. We can use this like a compass, not as the shame stick, not as a wall, not as an excuse to, to operate that way. It's just used as a tool, just like blood panels and things like that to help us be and operate in our best self. And once I understood, like, this is always like, especially specific for me as an Enneagram eight and you specific for Enneagram sevens. I know there's always something I'm going to have to be ultra aware of. And there's a blind spot there. It doesn't mean I suck at life. It doesn't mean I'm a terrible person, but this, like where I operate my superpowers, this is the other side of it. It's the blind spot. It's the, the other part. It doesn't mean anything, but like, okay, like just something to keep an eye on. Just like when we're watching levels, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that is so eye opening
1: and mind blowing to me about the Enneagram because what it helps me do is just be more aware of the things that might just become automatic and habitual. Or like, I know when I'm in my stressed seven, Mm -hmm. um, I start getting very rule oriented. Like, why isn't the trash taken out? It's Thursday or, you know, all these things. And then I look at myself and I'm like, wait, this doesn't sound like fun, Nicole, you know? And yeah. so just small things that seem mundane, but actually when we pause and stop and take in the information that we're getting from it, then it's like, oh, okay, sit back. Do I need a nap? Do I need some water? Do I need to take a trip to the woods for the weekend. Like what do I need because yes, life is not about taking the trash out and getting pissed off if it's not.
2: <laughs> so No, usually like anyway. for yeah, for like an Enneagram 7, like my daughter also is an Enneagram 7, and when that lighthearted, fun um visionary part of who you guys are all of a sudden starts getting very rigid and perfectionistic, in the past, before I understood this information and what was going on, when she would get like that, me as an Enneagram A is like, oh, you wanna fight? Okay, let's put the gloves on and and throw down and like have fight club happening in my household. <laughs> Whereas now when I see and understand when an Enneagram seven goes into that more rigid, perfectionistic rule following kind of stuff that isn't natural for you, that robs you of your visionary um, enthusiasm, right? And knowing your framework as a seven, you, when you're under stress or your biggest fear, like you're being boxed in options are being removed from you or you feel overwhelmed, right? That's when those behaviors start coming out. So you can kind of understand when that starts showing up, you're right. It is, has nothing to do with the garbage. Mm -hmm. And so when I sense like a seven doing that, instead of like avoiding you, because it's like, we love that you're positive all the time. We love your visionary free spirited nature. And when a seven goes to that, it's so weird for the rest of us. Cause we're not used to that. And you sometimes we're like, can't we just put you in a good mood? And that pisses you off even more and makes you more rigid. And so now when I see my daughter in this, instead of fighting with her or avoiding her or being irritated that she's in a mood, I understand what's happening. And I can say something like, are you, Can I help you take something off your plate? Do you feel you're backed into a corner right now? Who do I need to kick ass for you? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you're being backed in a corner, who better to call than an eight to kick some ass for you, right? And it just helps you kind of be in that pause for a second and really assess what is going on for you and what is it really about? And it doesn't have to have the emotional charge because I know when you get into perfectionism, both of you guys, I'm sure some shame comes. It's like, God, I'm being such a dick. Like what's going on right now? Right. (laughs) Never. I know. I know. So like, that's the beauty of this. This tool can serve. It can serve like a compass. And when you know, kind of what that looks like, you can stop. So for me, instead of like really going rogue into the dark side, I I know it's coming and I'm in a season of that right now, as I am venturing into the emptiness, I'm like hardcore into my stress number, but I'm aware of it and I'm reframing it and using that stressor number and the gifts of that while I'm in this season and that's that's the beauty of understanding the architecture of this but you got to have the right information
0: right absolutely that as i'm listening to you you know talking us through all this it, it what's coming to me is a conversation i have with clients a lot around the practice of mindfulness right because so many times when i i talk to women about their health again they get so caught up in like just give me the plan tell me exactly what to do and what they really need is to practice mindfulness and being aware of how they feel what they need what emotions they're not dealing with how food actually makes them feel. And we have this conversation where it's like mindfulness is not something on your to-do list. It's a practice that you practice all the time throughout the day. So when I hear you talk about the Enneagram, it's, it's the same thing. It's mindfulness for just your soul, for who you are at your core and, and, you know, having this practice of, okay, well, where are my blind spots? You know, where are the things that I need to pay attention Mm to? What are, what are the things that can signal to me that I'm, I'm in a place of alignment versus maybe not so much.
2: Well, and when you're using a tool like the Enneagram and you're using it effectively and with the right intention, like <clears throat> you're not operating in a dysregulated nervous system and like throwing, slinging all the crap at the wall, trying to figure out what's going to stick, what's going to stick. When you know know your framework, you can get more regulated a lot faster. You can be rooted more in that intuitive gift and your, your nervous system, which You guys, I know, believe this like I do like a dysregulated nervous system creates all kinds of diseases in our body. And this tool really, yeah, I'm human and I'm not going to be honoring that all the time because life happens and life on life's term and history and all the shit we've been through in our lives really can disrupt even subconsciously. Like we don't even have to have awareness of it. But when I can operate and use this tool, I am more in tune with my body and that mindfulness and that heart space so that I can discern what really is going on. And what do I actually need? Not just like, um, act, you know, troubleshooting in ways that don't serve me or the body or the the soul, quite honestly. And the more that I've, you know, really built the muscles and understood this over the last 11 years as I've been a student, teacher, integrator, facilitator with this tool, the more that I operate and live in that healthy space. And even with some of the health challenges I've experienced that really have on paper, terrible prognosis, um, I'm not living in the, the reality of what that could be because I am more in flow in a healthy regulated nervous system and honoring that intuition. And so, you know, this is something like, it's one thing to know your Enneagram type. It's kind of like knowing what you need to do. Like, let's say we want a J-Lo booty, right? Like I love, I would love to have a J-Lo booty. I kind of do, right? But it's not because I studied what she did. It's like, I put in the reps and I build the muscle. I build the muscle daily. I have an unconditional commitment to the process. I am um, committed to doing and putting in the reps in order to have it using a tool like this and to be able to pivot out of a dysregulation that fast, as fast as I do it, even when life is throwing you curveball after curveball after curveball, doesn't just come because, hey, I'm an Enneagram 8 and I know that. It's like really flexing and understanding all the components that go with it.
1: Mm, that's so powerful. And, um, what, one thing you said, well, many mm-hmm. things you said, but one thing in particular talking about how becoming an empty nester has mm-hmm. had you, mm-hmm. you know, maybe lean into the Enneagram maybe in a different way or adapting it or becoming flexible. I know me uh, and all, we work with a lot of women in midlife and I include myself in that and just, you know, going through symptoms of perimenopause right now and you know, is it because I'm just sinking into my stressed out seven as a rule regulator, or am I like having these crazy Mm. mood swings because my hormones are declining, you know, and different things. And so we might not think of the Enneagram as a useful tool when it comes to midlife and adapting, but I'm starting to think like this could be something very big and maybe perhaps it already is. And I'm just now observing that.
2: Well, you know, like when you first learned about it, it was this thing and the more (coughs) you dive in with it, like the more you recognize where it can benefit you and hell yes. Like I'm through menopause now and thank God I understood this because that could have gone a whole different direction and it didn't, it didn't. Right. Like I have the hormone thing going on and also like what that can do to our emotions. Right. And, and knowing how to bring it back in that, even when I'm going through that stage of my life, it doesn't have to completely derail me. And quite honestly, like I breezed through it pretty well without a lot of the things that, you know, the stereotypical shit, I really, really didn't. I had a few things, but like not, not bad at all. Now, when it comes to like the empty nest thing, like that's a whole different, like oh my God, like I have been taking care of people my entire life and lived in community with people, whether it was my, you know, freaking alcoholic father or my emotionally neglectful mother, my psycho sister, a crazy husband, like, and, you know, and I had babies right away, like early in my life. So to be at this season in my life, like, I don't know who I am if I'm not in community, taking care of people 24 seven in some form, you know, and you know, that those three centers of intelligence, especially the last three months, as this is happening, like in real time right now, like literally my daughter moved out this week, my son's moving out in two, like crazy. Like I've never lived alone my entire life ever in 51 years. I've never lived alone. And I know where I can go pretty dark sometimes. So really understanding my tri type, right. That I'm the, the eight to six tri type. I have an eight two six tri type and I'm called the rescue or big shocker. Why I've been taking care of people my whole life. Right. But now using that rescuer and compassion for myself and, and not trying to get into a codependent bond with somebody else because I'm feeling the sadness or the grieving process of this stage of my life and not feeding into the dysfunction of what that can look like instead honoring my grieving process and letting myself feel the full scope of human emotion. So even in this transition in my life that, you know, I'm holding major excitement for them and for me, and I'm holding sadness for me and for them. Cause they're both really emo about it too. They're like, Oh my God, this has been so great. We have a great relationship, a great run. We love each other. We love living together, but it's time for all of us to move forward and understanding my framework and my tri-type and all the components of who I am as an eight really has made me feel the full scope of human experience. I have taken myself and will continue to take myself through the full grieving process, not just anger, not just bargaining, not just like, but the full scope of the process. When we take ourselves through the full scope of the process, that is where transformation and acceptance happen but for so many of us, we, we know the parts of the process we are comfortable with and the ones we aren't. And when we have this tool, like, I don't like sadness. I don't like it at all. It makes me feel weak and inferior and insecure. And so for most of my life, I would bypass the sadness part. I'd be angry all day. I love that one makes me feel like in charge and in control. Right. But the sadness part, no, I would try to bypass that every time. And it's like, you know, you, you keep avoiding it. It's going to come and wallop you at a time where you won't be able to avoid it anymore. So when I have this information and I know how to integrate this information of the Enneagram in my life, it doesn't mean life on life's terms is easy or without pain, but I can move through the full scope of the experience so that I can have transformation and acceptance and have space for whatever is next in my life in love and support and excitement in, in the journey, right? And so even though this is the most one of the most challenging times in my life, Like it's, it's, and it's like, this is hard. And it's so exciting at the same time. And I'm fully regulated through the whole process.
0: Like that's fucking awesome. Right. It is. And thank you so much for sharing that kind of personal example of how powerful the Enneagram can be. And, you know, listening to you, all I could think was how, what a beautiful anchor this tool is for you at this stage to be able to feel all of the feels. Like not pushing anything away, like full spectrum excitement for your kids, excitement for you, sadness for your kids, sadness for you. And I, I think that's something that so many women don't allow to happen. Anything that might they might consider as an uncomfortable emotion, we can kind of put that away for later, but you're right. It always comes up when we usually and when it's we don't. Never, <laughs> it's,
2: and it's never convenient. It's never fun and it's never inexpensive. So it's like, you might as well face it while it's here. And while you're like, I, I, am one of those people that I don't believe everything happens for a reason because there's some horrible, heinous shit that have that happens. And I know both of you have testimonies and me too, to like, it's like, why would that ever fucking happen? Right. It's terrible. But I do believe we can turn whatever happens or has happened into something really beautiful if we choose to, but we can't do that through the spiritual bypass. We cannot. And yeah, it's. I'm so grateful because I'm somebody also that not only grew up in an addictive household. I repeated that. Like if you don't repair it, you repeat it or it gets repeated or both. Right. And for somebody who has, you know, numbing out tendencies, escapism, tendencies, control issue, tendencies, codependency tendencies, the fact that I am leaning into none of those dysfunctional coping mechanisms at the hardest time in my life is a true Testament to the tool when you integrate it, when you have the right intention behind it and you have the right teaching of it, this is where the magic happens. This is where the magic happens.
0: If someone's listening to this and they're like, well, I don't have any major life changes coming up, but it's like like training for (laughs) the big day, right? Like if you start doing it now, when those events arise, you will be so much better prepared for it. I I also want to circle back to before you shared more about your Mm. own personal experience right now, you know, we were touching on this concept of perimenopause and is it hormones or do I need to tap into my Enneagram and where is it? And the reality is for when we look at, you know, this stage of perimenopause, I, I talked to so many women who they're like, just tell me what pill to take to make it go away. Mm-hmm. And like, really the one thing that women in this phase of life need to focus on is aggressively learning how to manage their stress and regulating their nervous system. It is by far 100%. the, the, The best outcomes for those, you know, dreaded quote unquote menopause symptoms we talk about are what state of stress was your body in leading up to it. And like, yes, of course, we're going to look at inflammatory diet and all of that. But the nervous system piece of it, to me, if we could teach women as they're moving through perimenopause, like, can you prioritize this in your health just as much, if not more than your diets and your workouts? (laughs) I think it would just change that experience for so many because the, the, you know, the neurochemical communication going on at the biology level, as we talk about these tools is, is really potent.
2: Well, and when we're going through perimenopause, menopause, we're approaching that, like it nicks some of our biggest fears. And depending on your Enneagram type and how that looks like, trust me, I don't like feeling weak or like not strong. And when my hormones are changing, of course that that fear is coming up because things are out of my control. And I'm like, oh my God. And how I would have handled that 12 years ago would be more aggressive, work out harder. And actually that would do, and and as an eight, like I love those activities, freaking like make me feel strong and powerful. And also, you know, I don't want to feel weak as my body's changing, the hormones are making me feel things that I don't, aren't typical, right? And so understanding like as, naturally the physical things are happening. Cause I mean, it is like hormones are changing and you have to know kind of how to work best with it. Right. And if I operated like an eight in dysfunction, I am actually doing more harm than good for my hormones, more harm than good for the whole process. And shit's going to go sideways really, really quickly. So what did I do during this process? More stress calming things um, yoga, meditation, things that I don't normally love to do. Now I do. Cause you know, I'm more Zen like that and more chill like that. But you know, up until the last eight years, I would have never gotten on a yoga mat. I would have thought meditation was for pussies. Sorry. I'm just going to say it, but I would have thought all the things that actually helped me today were for weak bitches and actually me understanding myself at this level. And when the hormones came and when the changes are happening to manage the the stress and the fears and the, all the things that go through when we're hitting this stage in life, working with it instead of against it, changed the game. And it's why at 51, I've never been in better shape in my life. I've never felt more solid emotionally and energetically. And even through, you know, hard things happening in life, like we're, we're not missing a beat. And it's not because I'm bypassing, right? Big difference, big difference. And it's great. It's great. Yeah. And that's why
1: using these tools and there's many more than only the Enneagram, totally. but like going deep and whether that's hiring someone like you, Tracy, or however, someone wants to get deeper into it. And Be helps us to really hold our entire selves, right? And so you mentioned what I would call duality or what we know as duality, right? Like being able to hold everything, the highest highs, the lowest lows. And Mm -hmm. as women, we've been so conditioned to see certain things as weakness, to see certain things as strength. And actually those labels really, when we go down to it, can be applied to anything that we might consider an emotion that's good, bad, high vibrating, low vibrant, whatever it is. And yet finding these tools that give us, you know, the information to be able to say, no, I don't need to go full on hard because that's my Enneagram eight. Like I can actually take myself and find compassion and find gentleness and, and then realize that's going to make me flourish even more in my Enneagram or whatever um, tool one is using. And so, yeah, that's, that's huge.
2: And when you like, cause you two know the framework of your Enneagram type, it's usually our growth number, which is where the magic happens. Right. But in order to get to our growth number, in the framework of your core Enneagram type, you need more support, right? Cause left to your own seven ways, you're not going to kind of retreat and go into solitude. You're going to get busier and more like more visionary at, ad- you know, activities and, and buying plane tickets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's how you'll typically do things typically. Right. But you knowing your framework know where you got to go, you got to go into that five cave, Where you solitude, where it's solitude and gathering some more information and quiet, right? Same thing for me. Like instead of getting more aggressive and more intense, like I have to go to the Enneagram two, which is the considerate helper, which is where compassion and empathy and connection reside. That is not a natural go-to for an Enneagram eight, but is where the, the magic happens and the secret sauce is. But in order to get there, we need more support. And there is framework within the Enneagram type, the wings that allow you to support your tendencies to go off the deep end, a different way to support you and guide you with love, compassion, grace, grace, empathy, service, fun, even, um, so that you can move into your growth pattern so that when trials do hit, um, it's not like this triage, like having to like in damage control all the time. I don't recommend it. Cause when I was learning about the Enneagram is when I was in crisis and it's way harder to take in this information and integrate the information when you're in crisis, you know, after I kind of got out of the crisis and have been using and integrating it the last 11 years. Yeah. So when things have happened over the last few years that were really freaking hard deaths and, and betrayal and empty nesting, like I'm not missing a beat because I've built the muscle so strong. So I agree with you like don't wait to to have these muscles built until you actually freaking need them because it's going to be harder and it's going to be like, oh my God, like I got I to gotta have a strong ass right now. You better start doing squats like six months ago if you need a strong ass right now, right? You're going to need this <laughs> muscle to be strong one day. So you might as well start it now. And when you're not in full-blown crisis, like I was 11 years ago, for sure.
0: Absolutely. It's like, it so many parallels to health, whether that's yeah. building muscle, whether that's building resilience, whatever that looks like, yeah. you know, practicing it is what prepares you for when you, you need it. I forgot about the five cave from yeah. our session until you brought that up, which is absolutely the season I'm at in life right now is I had to reframe it in my mind as like Jomo joy of missing out on things, yes. but literally yes. in the season where I'm like, I have to retreat away from you. doing all of the things that I'm doing, doing, doing more events, all these things I, I love. But if I don't take the time to go there in my mind, I'm visualizing it, like pulling back an arrow before it launches arrow is pulled back into my five cave as I'm working on doing some of those things that I feel like I need to continue my own personal growth journey and be able to, to better appreciate being in my full Enneagram seven in those other areas that I like. But, uh,
2: well, I you'll forgot, be at the I highest
0: version. Called five
2: cave. Yeah. I mean, I have a five cave too, but that's where I go under stress where it's your growth number. It's kind of my compass that I'm about to go over the edge. So for example, when the, the impending, oh my gosh, they're moving out was coming in uh, and eight under stress kind of looks five, like, right. So what do I do? I withdraw, I retreat, I go inward and I build a case. I gather Intel, right? <clears throat> The cool thing about me understanding that is, it's like, I don't have to shame myself because I'm there. Like It's very valid that I would go to this five cave right now. And once you understand what's happening, just like for you guys, your stress number, like mine is the five, yours is the one. So when you understand that you're getting rigid and rule-like and perfectionistic, you can spin it and use that one in a positive way, right? You can use the gifts of the one too, but usually you'll go there and it's not the pretty parts of the one, but you can use the positive parts of the one, the more that you understand and know what's happening. So when I went into the five cave initially about three months ago, you know, and this is having me not show up on social media and there's nothing freaking wrong with that, right? Because I do need to use this solitude to grieve. I do need to use this five cave to get excited about what's next and gather intel and have a plan and make bullet points for what Tracy wants her life to look like moving forward. I can't do that if I'm just being misaggressive eight all the time. So even though like the stress and the, the scared and the sad part of this experience pushed me into the five cave in under stress, I'm now using that five cave in a healthy way. And that's the cool part. When you understand your framework and where you go and all these four other types that are connected to you and know how and when to use them. Like you're so fully supported. So you're not burnt out on the other side of this, whatever that this is for you, whether it's empty nesting, menopause, divorce, like you name it. Like when you get to the other side, you're not completely exhausted and burnt out. And Lord knows at midlife, you can't, you can't deplete your energetic resources the way you could at 20 and 30. Like it won't work out well for you. It does not end well if you do that. So having more tools that keep you energetically um, nourished, even through hard things, so you don't energetically bankrupt you will allow you on the other side of the hard things to understand this part of the journey and flourish and grow from it rather than feel like a victim or a prisoner to it. So
1: for those of you listening, you probably are not surprised why Laura and I have done so much work with Tracy. She is an absolute gem. And um, so with that being said, Tracy, what's, you know, how can our listeners get in touch with you? What do you have going on right now. You, I know you've been traveling a lot and speaking, um, on stages a lot. And so, yeah. Can you let us know a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. I, I know like you're hearing this and your first instinct is going to go to Google and type in Enneagram test. Please do not do that because they're inaccurate 65 to 70% of the time. And if you're going to use this tool, the right information is important. It really is. Cause you can imagine like this is like a GPS system if you have the wrong coordinates, you're going to end up in the wrong direction. This won't help you the way that you're hearing how it can help you. And I promise you can help you. Like I've talked about, and these ladies have experience, but you have to have the right information. So I have an assessment now that is 95% accurate. And, um, you can get that. If you go to my website, Tracy O'Malley.com. if you follow me on Instagram, Tracy underscore O'Malley, or you listen to my podcast lead with the Enneagram, all of that information is there. But if you are falling in love with what you're hearing and you want more of that in your life, you have to have the right information, period, end of story. If you've taken an online test, it's probably wrong, most likely. Um, <clears throat> so to start with that, then whether you want somebody like me to guide you through it, or once you have the right information, I feel really good about that. Like, that's why I waited as long as I did to have this kind of assessment, because I'm like, I don't want to just have you go take a test and then give you this information. It doesn't serve you if it's not accurate. Right. I know you guys feel the same way with the work you do, but once you have the right information, I'm confident that not only through the podcast, um, and once you have the right information, there are, there is great information out there. That's awesome. And you can take that information and run with it. However, you guys know, as well as I do having somebody guide you through that, uh, is like the fast pass at Disneyland. Like you don't ever have to go back to Disneyland again if you got the fast pass because you're going to hit everything that's important. Same thing with like having 90 minute session with me to guide you. Laura did it like huge, huge. Like you have the information and you've got the expert showing you exactly what to do with this information. You can be sent off on your way and feel really confident in building the muscle the right way and in certain areas of your life. So you can go to website, podcast, Instagram, to kind of figure out if you're into this or not, or if you really want to explore this tool, but if you do want to explore this tool, just get the right information. If you do nothing else with me, like just do that. And you'll be well on your way to integrating this beautiful tool in all areas of your life.
0: And we will put all of those links and uh, Tracy's Instagram handle in the show notes. And yes, for me having that 90 minute session, I mean, Mm -hmm. you sent me the report first and I got a 76 page report and was like, holy shit. And then to have you just like streamline it and like pull out the important pieces and translate it for me was so invaluable. Uh, I I have a report pulled up during our episode just because I was like going back and checking, but the session with you helped me really understand it because it's not my zone of genius. It's yours. So love that you offer that. Tracy, we always ask our guests one question, Mm -hmm. which is, If there is one piece of advice that you could turn around and tell to a younger version of yourself, whether that's (laughs) a little toddler Tracy or 20 something Tracy, whatever age you think, what would that be?
2: You want to know what's beautiful about this is because when you just asked that, like you told me this question was coming earlier and I, I had nothing like no downloads, which is the way it works. Cause like then it's calculated and manufactured, right? But when you said it this time, I knew exactly because my nine-year-old, the nine-year-old me had my intuition, like the the grown-up version of me that was coming, tell myself exactly what I would tell her today. And it's like, this is all going to matter for something. Hang in there and keep your chin up. This will more will be revealed and this will all make sense. And it will be used for something beautiful. And I heard that very clearly as a nine-year-old. I heard that messaging and I know it was from my higher self, my my divine intuition, whatever. But for the next 30 years, I heard that I knew that, but I was trying to figure out, but how, but how, but how, but when, but when, but when, and instead of like settling into that and, you know, I didn't have role models in front of me. I didn't have the tools in front of me at the time. And I came by it very innocently, you know, just in seriously survival, quite honestly, I know both of you can attest to that in your own lives that, you know, full circle today yeah, 51 years old, 40 years later that that has come true. And the more that I honored that then like there, I had glimpses of it as a kid from nine on of like knowing this is going to matter for something, but I would usually use that to like strong arm my way through things and like be super aggressive. But knowing that, like all of it mattered for something and will continue to. And the the very thing that I thought disqualified me is what has qualified me. And no matter how far down the scale I went, my experience is benefiting others today. And those little girls, the, the four-year-old, the 10-year-old and the 17-year-old version of me, those are my three queens that when I think of my, my young inner child, there's the queens and I hold court for them. And I will always hold that space for them as well, that this all fucking mattered for something. And we're going to do something beautiful with it. We can't change what happened. We can't change that a lot of things were unfair and unjust and undeserved, but we're going to make some magic out of this shit. And we're going to leave a legacy, not just in the the children that we've you know, created here, but every beautiful person I have the privilege and honor of touching in my lifetime, it's all going to matter for something. And so- that's what I would have told her. I told her that back then. I just, you know, came at it the hard way.
1: We're all in tears and Mm. basically speechless. So uh, thank you, Tracy, so much for being our guest. We love you so much. And this has just been amazing. I'm sure we'll ask you to come back again.
2: Okay, please do. I would love (laughs) that. Like, I love you both. And I love the work you do and just super honored and privileged to have been a slight small part in you know, helping you get to stand your ground in what you do today and make the impact that you guys do in the lives of women all over the world. So honored, absolutely honored to be
0: here. Thank you. And definitely more than a a slight small part for sure. I'm sure I can speak for both of us there. Thanks guys.
1: This podcast is for general information and educational purposes only. It should not be considered medical advice and or treatment. Although we are both doctors, we are not medical doctors or your medical doctor. What has been discussed should not take the place of your personal medical professional's advice, treatment, diagnosis, or care.
0: If you love this podcast as much as we do, please take the time to subscribe, share, rate, and review. And we'd love if you would follow us over on Instagram. Our handles are at and at Dr. Nicole Marcioni, or you can just click on the links in our show notes.